Okay, so for today's podcast, I've got um, a fellow coach from Instagram that I've been following for a while. While he's on Instagram, he has a TikTok as well, um, and a few other platforms that I've been, you know, following for a while. And I think his content is super good. So I, of course, I, I had to reach out to him and you know ask him if he was down for a podcast. And you know, I'm gladly for me he accepted. So. Here he is with me. His name is Eric Roberts, and I'll probably I'll let him introduce himself, what he does, and then we'll go from there. So over to you, yeah, Leo. It's, it's a thank you, man. It's, it's a pleasure to be on. Um, so yeah, man. My, my name is Eric Roberts. Um, I've been a been a fitness coach for about just turned twenty five. So I started this when I was about twenty. So about about five years now. Um, you know, I grew up in a very like uh, very small town, like not much there. Like I had to drive like an hour to get to like any big like store or like clothing store or whatever. So it's like, yeah, you know, they actually, the town I grew up in just got like a Chipotle recently. So I'm, I was, you know, but that's after I left. So it wasn't any fun for me. Um, but yeah, so it was cool, man. But you know, one of the biggest things for me kind of like getting into the fitness aspect, I probably started working out around like, um, I'd say this summer of ninth grade going into 10th grade. And it's funny because, um, from the day I stepped foot in the gym, I, I vividly remember the day his, I, I went with a guy, his name is Mark Cox. I don't know if Mark's going to listen to this, but his name was Mark Cox. And um, his mom drove us to the gym because we couldn't drive yet. And uh, I remember walking into the gym. And when I walked into the gym, I was like, this is like, this is it. Like, this is it forever. Like, I love this. I didn't even do a single workout yet. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it's funny. But um, so I, I, you know, I walked in and um. I just, we just, we, I think we did like bench press and like, you know, the typical like 16 year old like workout. Right. And so, uh, but I left there and I was like, dude, like, this is going to be like what I do forever. And it's funny. Cause I went, I'm pretty sure I went home and I told my parents, I told my dad, I was like, I, I love this. Like I'm, I'm going to do something with this for the rest of my life. And he was like, you know, buddy, you're, like you're 16, like calm down. You went to the gym one time in your life. Like, you know, it's, it's all good. But, uh, but yeah, man. So I've always loved it. And so, you know, it's, it started off as like, you know, I, um, wanted to just get jacked like i mean as every 16 year old boy wants to do like they want to get jacked and i you know i was always uh intrigued by like bodybuilding and, and just like having somebody's physique look like that was just nuts to me because i grew up like a very skinny kid um so you know having somebody's physique look like that was just nuts to me and so that was my main goal man was like just kind of build muscle but like for the first i say for the first like two or three weeks that's what the goal was but i soon realized after that like um working out was something for me that um, I grew I grew up in a pretty um, affluent area, but my parents weren't really that like we, we were like, you know, middle class ish. But um, like, for example, one of my best friends, um, like for his I think for his like 18th birthday, he got like a brand new Mustang GT. And like for my 18th birthday, I got like 50 bucks for my birthday. Right. So it's mm -hmm. like it was that concept where it was like, like, you know, to me, working out ended up being something that like was a direct correlation of my hard work. And I like, I'm a very firm believer in like, you know, hard work, work ethic, like put in the work. And so for me, I was like, you can't, you can't buy a body. Sure. You can go to like plastic surgery, whatever, but like more so like, if you have a body, you got to put the work in there's like, and it's, it's, it's like probably what we tell our clients. It's like, there's no other, like, you got to hit the calories. You got to do the workouts. Like you have to do the work if you want to get the result. And to me, you know, being able to take that onus on myself and saying like, Hey, my body can be a direct correlation of my hard work. That's all I wanted. And, that, and that's why I love it so much to this day, because like, whether it's my business or whether it's my nutrition or, or my clients, whatever it is, like the work, like I love the work side of things. And so like having that was a big driving factor. And then I soon also realized after that, the reason why I wanted to become a coach was 
I always saw that when I worked out with my friends or just random guys in the gym that we would like, you know, kind of lift together. Like I would always get more enjoyment out of seeing them succeed more so than myself. Like when my friends hit a PR or my friends bench a certain weight or, or you know, I, I spotted some guy in the gym who was just like lifting heavy. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like it pumped me up so much. Like, of course I like seeing progress, but like I thoroughly enjoy pushing people past what they think they could initially do. Like the, breaking those barriers for me, like to this day, I just had a client the other day, she deadlifted like, I think it was 235 pounds for like five reps at like a 125 body weight, right? So it's like, she was like, I never thought in my life I'd be able to do that. And it's like stuff like that to this day is really why I just love coaching, man. And so it kind of started like that. Um, you know, I was an in-person coach for about three and a half years. Um, coached a ton of people because I did um, I did some one-on-one, -on -one, but I mainly did group coaching to where literally like, you know, at, at times I had like three, 350 people in my group coaching program. So it's like the amount of people I saw on a day-to-day -day basis, like waking up at 3.30, going to bed at 8.30 at night, like doing that for three and a half years. Like the amount of people I saw through that time frame was just, you know, I, I learned so much about coaching. I learned so much about people. I learned so much about exercises, cues, nutrition, like all those things. Right. And so that's kind of where I, you know, got my kind of base. And it wasn't until the last, like, um, honestly, since COVID hit. So last March, um, that's when I kind of just went online. Um, I was doing a bit online with just nutrition coaching for about, I'd say a six month period, but when COVID hit, obviously like the gyms weren't open. So that, and I was actually planning to leave anyway. So it was kind of funny how that worked out, but, um, you know, gyms closed and like, that was my kind of time to see what I could do. And so since March of 2020, um, just been doing online coaching since, and it's been, the biggest blessing of my life that I could ever imagine. Um, I couldn't imagine my life being any better than it is right now. Literally I'm coaching people in all over the world. Like, I mean, even right now, like, you know, you're in, you're, you're in Japan, I'm in, I'm in the U S right. But it's like, um, you know, if you would have told 16 year old Eric who, you know, just started working out in a gym because he wanted to get jacked. Like he was going to be able to, you know, have his coaching business and coach people all over the world and do this for a living. Like, I mean, I would have told you, you were insane. So yeah, I mean, it's just, it's an absolute blessing and I couldn't be more thrilled to be here. That's a very cool response. I love that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one thing I was going to say was that, and I think you kind of answered it in there was, you know, how, because obviously from following you, you definitely know your stuff. And as I said, I enjoy your content. And I was wondering as well, like, where did you, I don't know, like pick, get your education from where that, but I'm, I'm going to assume a big chunk of it was just by, you know, just doing the thing. Right. I mean, yeah. So, you know, it's funny because like when I was, I mean, you know, since, since 16, I've been obsessed with this, right? Like, I, I'm not kidding. Like I've been obsessed with this since I was 16. And so, you know, I'd be in the back of English class when they're trying to do a lecture, when they're trying to do a lecture or whatever. And I'd be like, I'd have the book up, but I have my phone out on like, you know, bodybuilding.com or whatever the hell it is. And like, just learning, learning. And listen, like not all that information was right now that I like, you know, knowing what I know now, like but that was that was my life, man. Like I went home, like I went home from, from school after I played basketball and did my job or whatever. And like, I would just research, research. Cause I was so, I was so obsessed with learning about this. Like, I remember like just having, you know, I'd, I'd lay in bed at 10 PM at night and just like watch videos of, you know, people working out or I, I'd listen to podcast. I'd, I'd listen to podcasts of people talking about these kind of things. And so like, I just been obsessed with it, man. Like the amount of hours that went into, you know, learning. And then, you know, as I obviously got more and more into the science-based research and stuff like that, um, you know, uh, reading research, uh, re reading research reviews, I'm um, going through all those things as well. Like I just 
to this day, I hate school more than anything else in my life. Like my final day of high school was like the best day of my life. Cause I was like, I never have to do this shit ever again. Um, but I love learning about all this stuff. So like, yeah, I have, you know, some certifications, like actually, you know, I have right here, um, I have the, uh, precision nutrition certification. Love that one. It's a good one. Um, and like, so, you know, there's certifications, but a lot of it, man, is just like self-taught and trial and error. Like I've, you know, I tell my clients all the time, like, the amount of times, can I cuss on this podcast? Is that okay? I don't, I don't care. Okay, cool. The amount of times I've fucked up, like, it's just like, I can't, like, there can't, it can't be put into a number because I've made so many mistakes. And honestly, to this day, like, make so many mistakes. But the thing is, you know, we all do that. So I, I just kept learning from it. And like, you know, for example, I vividly remember it was like May of 2019. I looked one of my clients in the eyes and I said, Allison, you are in starvation mode. You're eating too few calories. And like, you know, da, 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 da. And at, that, at the time she was like, perfect. Got it, Eric. So she, she started eating more. And, but you know, it worked out because she actually lost weight because she wasn't being consistent, whatever. But like, I, like two weeks later, I was like, fuck, it's not a real thing. I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, all right, well, got to go double back. So it's like, you know, we all make mistakes, but I've just been literally obsessed with this man. And everyone, you know, I always got told like, you know, being a trainer is not a, not a real career. And like, you know, you got to find a real job and go to college and all this stuff. And I'm like, I just bucked that man. I was like, no, nah, like I'm going to find a way to make it work. Cause I literally love doing this. And so, yeah, that's a lot of the research and the, the knowledge and stuff is just from that, just from being in the physique world, the bodybuilding world, the nutrition world, whatever you want to call it, like just being in that world, like nonstop. Like I really do like live the life. Like I got up at 5am today, worked out, did some work doing this podcast. Right. So it's like, I've done that for, you know, the last nine years of my life. And so I think that's, that's it. Yeah. No, that's a, that's, a, I definitely agree. You know, just doing it is the best way to learn. You can get all the certifications in the world, but exactly. I think, uh, you know, the practical stuff is the most important. Um, but, you know, picking up from that lady, for example, that you, you know, where you made the mis the mistake where, which is something we all do, um, and that's a similar type of audience that obviously I work with. I, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable with a lot of things, but I would say maybe, you know, general fat loss perhaps is where I would say I can, you know, do my very best sort of work where, and this is going to be quite a random question now, but I was actually with a mate of mine today walking around Tokyo and he knew that I was coming on this because he was, uh, he was asking me this question. And then I thought, you know what, let me ask Eric later because I think <laughs> it would be quite cool to hear his response. And as I said, it's quite random, but um, because he genuinely wanted to know the answer for himself because he's been in the calorie deficit for a while now trying to lose fat. And he was like to me, Leo, when do I know when it's time to stop being in a calorie deficit and stop losing fat? And uh, so I thought it would be quite interesting to, to hear your response as well, if you had, you know, two cents on that. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great, it's a phenomenal question. I oh, said I the love same. That question. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's a phenomenal question because my favorite answer of all time is it depends, right? Like mm -hmm, it, it really mm -hmm. depends on what is, what is your goal? If, if you're, if your true goal is to be, you know, shred and have a six pack, like you're probably going to have to be in a deficit longer than somebody else. Like for myself, I don't. Like I, I can see my abs, but I'm not like shredded to the bone. Like I don't like, I could be a lot lower body fat percentage, but like, to me, I would honestly rather be in a surplus and build muscle and carry some extra body fat. Right. So it's like, you know, when, when do you know when to, when to come out of a deficit? Um, I think it just all depends on your, your, your end goal. And it depends on what is sustainable as well, because I've had clients in the past where I can think of one on top of my head, her name's Katie. Um, she got down to a fair, like she looked, she looked amazing and, and, and amazing in the sense of like she achieved her goal right she had six pack like her arms like everything she looked amazing 
but you know what? Like she's a mom of two kids and she works two jobs. And like, that just wasn't sustainable. Right. So it's like, listen, like that. Cool. We did that. But you know what? Like it's actually, that's not actually not okay. So you know what? Add, you know, five to eight extra pounds, be a little bit higher body fat percentage, but be able to maintain that. Right. And so I I think the answer lies within what the individual truly wants and what the individual truly can maintain and sustain. Cause it's cool, you know, physique, you know, in the world of Instagram and stuff, like we see all these people posting their pictures of themselves, but 9.9 times out of 10, those people posting those pictures don't look like that year round because it's Mm -hmm. not sustainable. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, when should, when should you not be in deficit? Um, it just depends on, on so many things, but also I think there's periods of times where it might be okay to, you know, be a bit lower body fat percentage and push for that, whether it's summer vacation, whatever, but it's also okay to take time and say, Hey, listen, like my main goal is not fat loss right now. And I think that's a hard thing for people to understand, especially if, they obviously have body fat to lose, or they've been overweight their entire life, right? If, if you just lost 60 pounds and you've been overweight your entire life, like me telling you, hey, stop trying to lose fat. They're like, well, that, that's all I've done this entire, that's all I know. It's all I've done this entire time. What do you mean? Stop. Like that's, that's all I know. Right. So, you know, that's when it gets into like, you know, maintenance or muscle building or, you know, performance-based goals. That's why I like having performance-based goals is because it gets you away from just the uh, uh, calorie deficit and fat loss and number on the scale and measurements and, and, and progress picture side of things and so yeah I, you know i guess it's kind of a roundabout answer of, of answering that but that's kind of what i would say it really just depends on the goal it depends on what that person's background is like for example if i know somebody i have a client right now um she's very low body body weight um but she's di- dieted her entire life and she's like my relationship with food sucks it's like i, I want to improve this and i'm like we're not gonna be in a calorie deficit because there's no point for you right you've been you know you've never really been um, to a point where you've had this healthy relationship with food, right? So it's like, I think balancing those, all those things, it's, it, there's so many plates you have to balance there, but it really, it really does. I think that's why, you know, we do one-on-one coaching. It's like, it, it lies in the individuality of the, of the person. So I know it's a lot of things there. That's kind of what I would say. I hope that kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there's a few things that like, there's quite a few things that I had in mind as you were talking that, you know, there's some good, there's like, I really like that as well. It's like one thing that crossed my mind when you said that, is that very often I've also, I've had people come to me and they'll probably ask me that and they'll be in, they would have been in a deficit for ages, but very often one thing I find, and I reckon you'll definitely agree with me here, maybe not, but oftentimes people who are, maybe people who are speaking about, okay, when should I get out of the deficit or how much longer should I be in the deficit? Very often to get where they want to be, they don't actually need to lose fat. They need to gain muscle. And that's where, that's where it's like, you know, that's, a, and then that's a whole other issue as well, where it's just, um, maybe they're not educated on resistance training so much. Maybe they've just been fixated on, um, you know, like hit classes or other sorts mm-hmm. of classes. And, you know, and then you've got to make a whole education on that. And um, so, yeah, it is a, it is a big, it depends question. Yeah. Uh, and, and just to piggy, I'm sorry to cut you off, but just to piggyback okay. off that, like I literally have a client right now, her name's Christina. Um, again, she came to me, she's like 122 pounds, right? She's, she's like, she's not, not overweight by any sense, but like, you know, she wanted to lose her belly, da, da, da. and I'm like, hey, listen, like, you know, we're going to eat X amount of calories. And she's like, are, are you sure? Like 1200 calories, I got to eat these. And I'm like, listen, like, just rock with it. Like, you know, eat right around maintenance calories, strength train four times a week, eat high protein. And like, I think I posted her progress pictures on my uh, TikTok and maybe, or maybe not Instagram, but either way, um, she completely changed the way her body looked. 
Like she lost her stomach, arms looked toned. Like she looks fucking awesome. She's like, I never would have thought that like simply just eating more protein, eating more food and, you know, uh, uh, doing this, doing this, the combination of those things, eating more protein, doing more food and resistance training, building muscle would change my body that much. Cause the amount of people who don't follow a real program is like, it's bizarre to me. And not only a real program, but like an intelligently designed program, like in that same picture, I talked about Christina, um, and again, it's, it's on my TikTok, but like she had some like anterior pelvic tilt going on and she had some back pain. She's like, you know, she, she wrote her questionnaire. Hey, have some back pain. Da, da. I'm like, cool. Like we're going to do planks, side planks. Da, da. Like we're going to fix that. And in the progress pictures, you can see that. And she just told me literally yesterday, she was like, by the way, like my back feels great. Like, you know, no more lower back pain. Like it's feeling awesome. Da, da. You know, this has made such a difference. And so it's like, you have to intelligently design a program, right? It's like, there's a difference between training and exercising. There's nothing wrong with exercising, like YouTube videos and all like that. That's awesome. Get up moving. I'm so happy for you. But like, if you truly want to see the results you're looking for, there's a reason like, you know, you and I do what we do for a living, right? I don't, I have no fucking clue how to change the oil in my car. I'm not going to learn either. So I'm going to take it to somebody who I know they know how to do that shit. And like, I'm going to take care of it that way. Right. So it's like, you know, following an actual program for the strength training side of things is like, kind of like what you mentioned, like, it's massively, massively underrated. I think so many people focus on nutrition because it is important because if you're not in a deficit, you won't lose body fat, so on and so forth. But they undervalue the the training side of things, I think. And I think it's really where most people will make the, the biggest changes. So yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah, it's um, one thing as well is that it's like you said, as well, I think just the words maintenance when from someone that's been in like a, a fat loss thing or like aiming to lose fat, I should say their entire life um it's like number one obviously is the fact that like you can't lose fat forever and then when they get to the point where maybe they're content it's like or maybe or maybe if they do get to that point they're like you know what now what do i do next so i think you know always that's where resist why i think resistance training is super important because that wouldn't i feel like that doesn't have as much of an like an end um where you can you can achieve you know like an ideal maybe point in your fat loss goal but with resistance training you always kind of just want to keep getting stronger and stronger mm-hmm. but um yeah i think with um with the words maintenance for someone that has been like that i think it, it scares the hell out of some people and they, they yeah and they think if anything like that's just going to undo all their progress or you know so there's a that's a that's a whole other thing i found as well with people i've worked with and um, it's like you said their body composition i'm just like just trust me go with it and a body composition weight scale weight might not even change which kind of motivates them but i'm just like just keep going and you know and then body composition just changes drastically and they're like what the hell is this sorcery so yeah and you know i think i think a lot of that stems from again like the whole like you know diet culture and like you have to lose weight and and it's just like well like you can lose weight all you want but like again, weight and fat are two different things. And I I truly think people just don't know. Like whenever I make a piece of content about like, you can lose inches and lose fat, but not lose weight. Here's why. Every single time people are like, holy shit, like this is, it blows my mind. Like, oh my, I never knew this. Right. So it's like, people just don't know. And like, I don't, that's why we are here to educate like what's going on. Right. And so people just don't know. They think like you have to lose weight on the scale like that you know whether that comes from weight watchers weekly weigh-ins or whatever it comes from right but like that is what people think and so just trying to educate as best you can i think you know and in terms of maintenance honestly what i found helps with maintenance is um two things number one i look at it as more of like a slingshot effect right so it's like 
if you're in, let's just say you do have caught 75 pounds to lose and you lose 40 pounds. And I've had this with clients. They're like, man, you know what? Like I'm a little exhausted from this. Like, cause dieting is hard. You're going to be a bit hungry. Like you're going to have to restrict, like not over restrict foods, but a calorie deficit literally requires restriction of calories. Right. So it's like, you're going to have to track in my fitness pal and do all these other things. So it's like, man, like I'm a little exhausted. So I'm like, Hey, take four weeks, go into maintenance, which is a slingshot. Cause what's going to happen is those four weeks, you are going to have more energy. You're going to uh, be, be less thinking about dieting hit better PRs in the gym, you know, sleep better, whatever it is. And those four weeks will build up that momentum where, you know, when you pull a slingshot back, when you let that thing go, it far, it, it flings far forward. Right. So as opposed to trying to just keep going and keep going, keep going, let's take a 12 week period of time. If you took a four week maintenance and then you did an eight week deficit from there, if you, you know, as opposed to, let's say for those four weeks maintenance, and then eight weeks, you were 90% consistent with your calorie deficit you would see more results from taking a four week maintenance and then an eight week, 90% calorie deficit, as opposed to taking no maintenance and powering through it and white knuckling your way through for 12 weeks, but only being 64% consistent because you're burnt out. Right. So it's like, you would actually see more results from the maintenance period than if you didn't take the maintenance period. And so I think, I think it's a, it's a huge thing. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I think what you just said about resistance training, that's why performance-based goals are so huge. Like nobody ever came to me and said, Eric, I'm getting too strong. Like, I want to stop this. Like we all want to be fucking strong, right? It's like, well, that's one of the best things in the world is to be strong, right? So it's like, you can use that in conjunction with that maintenance and really say, hey, you know, during this time, we're really going to get your first chin up. We're really going to get you to squat 200 pounds or whatever the case may be. And like this more food will fuel that goal. You have the performance-based goal. And so I think that's, you know, been helpful for my clients as well. Yeah, I think you phrased that perfectly. I really, I did like that response. Um, Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, um, and so carrying on from the guy that I was with today, actually, he had a he had a follow up question, which is definitely going to be one you've heard many, many times. Um, and obviously, <laughs> I, I had my response for him at the time, but you know, I think it would be it would be good for the, the listeners to hear this one as well. Where he was asking me, is there are there so obviously the got his goal is fat loss. Um, are there any foods that he should avoid during his fat loss journey? Um, like maybe all food choices that would be, and maybe food choices that would be better to go for. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is a, a phenomenal question. Um, and it's, it's going to be funny because like, for example, I literally just made a post yesterday on TikTok about um, it, it. All it said was, the only way you gain weight, it's not from donuts, it's not from cookies, it's not from Oreos, it's not from this, that, it's from eating too many calories, right? So I made a whole post about that. And like, it's true, because the only way you gain weight or lose weight is overall calories, right? But foods you should avoid are foods that number one, make you feel like shit. Like, for example, there is this one cereal to like go oatmeal squares It was fucking amazing. Like it was like, I'm all about cereal. So like, I, I love my oatmeal, oatmeal squares, but every single time to like an hour or two later, after having oatmeal squares, Eric was on a toilet every single time. So I'm like, all right, like maybe it's just a weird thing, whatever. So like, I stopped eating it for a week, went back, you know, I, I had, was, was regular with my bathroom visits again, whatever. And so I went back to eating oatmeal squares, sure as shit, going back to the bathroom an hour or two later. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? That food, like that food doesn't agree with me. So I'm going to avoid that food, right? So foods that don't agree with you, foods that you know, you know, I have a thing and it's actually in the precision nutrition, but it's like the red, yellow, and green foods, right? Green foods are like, you know what? 
when I eat these foods, I feel good. I feel full. I feel accomplished. I feel good to go, right? Those green foods make 80% of your food choices come from those green foods, right? And I would really tell people, write out your green foods, like write out what foods make you feel good. Yellow foods are like, hey, listen, sometimes in moderation, totally fine, whatever, whatever. But if I know if I overdo it, I'm going to feel like shit. I'm going to feel very lethargic. I'm going to have a bloated stomach. Like I'm, I'm not going to feel very good. Cool. Yellow moderation. Okay, fine, whatever. And then red foods, red foods, like, listen, like when I have these foods, I know it's a bad time. And that bad time could be a physically bad response, but also I've had some clients where like, for example, peanut butter, they're like, listen, Eric, you know what? Like when I have peanut butter, I'm not controlling myself. Fuck it. I'm not doing it. Like I'm going to have whatever I want. I'm like, cool. You know what? Maybe that food for right now should stay out of the house. Right. Because like, if you can't control yourself with a food, it's probably not best to have it in the house right now. And that's okay. I, th I think that goes against like what a lot of the people are saying nowadays where it's like, Oh, have whatever you want. It's all good. Like, yeah. But like, again, you kind of have to find this balance where like, yes, you can have whatever you want in a calorie deficit and still lose body fat but that doesn't mean just eat whatever you want. And I've done a kind of, I've done, you know, I've done articles on this. I've done YouTube videos on this, whatever. And it's like, you can't just eat whatever you want. <laughs> like that, that hasn't worked out thus far yet. It's not going to work out thus far now. Right. So it's like, yeah, there's a reason why like vegetables are good for you. Like there's a reason why high protein foods are pretty good for you. There's a reason why fruit is good, right? Like there's a reason for these things because they keep you full. They keep you satisfied, very high nutrients, less processed foods, right? So what I tell people is like the, the foods you should avoid are foods that make you feel like shit, foods that you know you can't control yourself with and foods that you know, like, you know, you can have in moderation, but not overdo. Those are the foods you should avoid, red, yellow, green foods. And then from there, make 80% of your food choices come from nutrient-dense, whole foods, minimally processed foods. If it flew in the sky, if it grew from the ground, if it roamed the earth, or if it swam in the ocean, any one of those things. Like if, those, if that's what that food came from, awesome. That's a pretty good choice, right? And I would tell people, go through an audit of like your day. Like literally write out what foods you have and like tally like, is this food, a, you know, an 80% nutrient dense whole food? Or did I buy this from the store that's processed and like so on and so forth, right? So that's kind of what I would say to that question is, yeah, you, you can have whatever you want in deficit. There's no foods off limits for sure. Cause that, you know, that creates that restrict and binge cycle and so on and so forth. But, you know, that doesn't mean eat whatever you want, right? So that's kind of how I approach that question. If that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And um, I think on the back of that as well, is like some good, maybe fat loss tactics, to 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 speak about is that you know ones that me and you would both know but perhaps a lot of people wouldn't be familiar with it it's like, and i've seen you mention it in your story and it's to me it's insane the way people react sometimes because one time i remember you posted a screenshot about people just like getting super angry about diet soda <laughs> And I was just like, what? that's just, that's just social media, man. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's just social media for you right there, man. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, go, no, go, 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 go. What were you going to say? Go, go for it. No, I mean, just, that's just, you know, yeah. People get angry about anything nowadays, I, I feel like. And so, um, but you know what, like, like I had, you know, I had, for example, um, that post I made yesterday on TikTok, I was trying to go through some of the comments, which I try to go through comments because I want to respond to the community and so on and so forth. Like, you know, this one girl was like, I don't know why you would say that, like, you know, healthy eating is what you should be promoting. And I'm like, I never like it. Number one, if you take more than six seconds to watch one video and go through my content, like, you know, it's what I promote, but more so number two, like I never said that in the video to begin with. So like, I don't know where you're, so it's like, yeah, but um, that's my little social media rant right there. But yeah, no, so feel free to keep going. People just want to be angry. But um, yeah, cause I think, you know, with, for example, zero calorie drinks, they can be, um, 
an amazing tool to use on fat loss journeys, um, you know, the Coke Zeros, what Pepsi Zero, whatever it might be. Um, squash, if you have that, I don't, you are the United States. Yeah. 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 I don't know. What, I've been, when right. I've been there, right. sometimes there'll be like super obvious things to me. And I'm like, what? You guys don't have that? And then, you know, right, just right. another way around. Um, and uh, yeah, and they're definitely a big game changer for people, you know, rather over, you know, the, um, I don't know, a drink that's going to be like 200, 250 calories and it's not going to fill you up. Um, so they can be a big change. Maybe are there any other swaps that you perhaps mention or put out there that could be quite good for people to know? Um, I mean, I think the zero calorie drinks for sure. Like, you know, if you're having, um, you know, a, a 300 calorie soda and again, people like they freak out because they're like, diet soda has artificial sweeteners and you shouldn't drink it. It's worse than smoking cigarettes. And I'm just like, dude, like, I don't know where you're getting this information from because it's not real. And so, uh, yeah, no, I think diet sodas are great. Um, I think in terms of swaps, I think it really just depends on, once again, it depends. Um, it depends on the goal. It depends on what that person is struggling with. Like, for example, if that person is struggling with um, like protein, for example, it's like, cool. Okay. For breakfast, I'm having, you know, two pieces of toast and peanut butter. Okay, great, Carol. But like, how much protein is in that? Well, I get protein from peanut butter. It's like, okay, Carol, we know protein doesn't really, it's like more of a, 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 a peanut butter is more of a fat, not a protein. So it's like, what do you think you could substitute with? Oh, okay. Well, maybe, you know, I'll do one piece of toast with peanut butter and then one piece of toast with Greek yogurt on top. Or, hey, I'll, I'll keep doing what I'm doing, but I'll add, I'll add in a protein shake, right? I think a lot of times people like, they think subtraction and it's more addition, right? Like add in a protein shake, add in some extra eggs, add in egg whites, add in more. Like, you know, if you're eating four ounces of chicken, add in six ounces of chicken instead, you know, add, add, increase portion sizes, right? So I think a lot of times it's actually, again, more of like a mind thing, but like people think restriction and it's more addition, like add in these foods. And if you add in, for example, more protein, you're going to be less hungry. So you won't eat as many carbs. Like every single time, for example, somebody who's very much under eating on protein, overeating on carbs, normally overeating on calories. When they increase protein, their carbs decrease and their calories level out. Why? Because you're less hungry. You're more satisfied. You're choosing more nutrient dense whole foods. You don't need to keep eating, keep eating, keep eating, right? Because the processed foods, very palatable, high in calories. You can eat a lot more of it. I've rarely seen people finish in a six ounce steak and be like, man, like I can eat another 12 ounces of steak. Like myself, I could do that. Yes. But like most normal human beings, no, they're pretty much like satisfied with like a six ounce steak. Right. So it's like, I think really um, addition more than subtraction, I think is, is what a lot of people should probably be looking at into their diet. So that's what I would say. And you know what, that takes me to, that took my mind straight to another point. Another issue that I really, I come across very often is that, um, Quite a few people I work with in their early days, they realize that they that they eat a lot less protein than they thought they were eating. And um, and I was just thinking maybe you have like some good tactics to, to get protein in or, or ways of getting it in. Like, do you have any of those in mind? What like or something yeah, that you I share mean, with the people you work with? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's one of you know, it's one of, if not the hardest things when it comes. I mean, protein is by far the most under-consumed macronutrient and it's also the most important macronutrient mm -hmm. right so it's because it's not readily available like carbs and fats are much readily available when you walk down the street or when you buy something from the grocery store you know protein is also the most expensive macronutrient right and so you can't just like normally get a fresh grilled chicken breast from you know whatever place it's like you're only going to get some sort of whether it's i don't know chips or bread or whatever it is right so 
it takes time, like cooking meats take time, right? So it's like a lot of that stuff, you know, it's hard. Um, I would say a, a few things that just come top of mind. Um, number one would be front loading your day with protein. So like, again, we talk about like meal timing doesn't matter. You can eat or not eat breakfast doesn't matter. Da, da, but it's like, all right, well, you know, if you wake up at 6am and you're doing this fasting thing, which if people fast, whatever, I don't, I don't it doesn't matter to me. But like, if you're not eating until noon, and then let's say you eat at noon, three, and I don't know, 7pm, if your goal was 150 grams of protein per day, and you only eat three times a day, well, it's like, all right, 50 grams of protein each meal, like have fun, like that's a lot of protein to hit, right? So if you front load your day with, with, uh, with protein, as opposed to getting to 7pm, and only having 46 grams of protein, let's say, for example, if you start your morning with a breakfast, that's 30 grams of protein, you're going to massively get closer to that protein goal. And whether that breakfast is, again, a simple protein shake, like, you know, don't have to make it complicated, 30 gram protein shake, that's very doable. Um, you can have egg whites, you can have Greek yogurt, you can have, you know, eggs with a Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, like something that is going to get you around 30 grams of protein at breakfast, massively beneficial. I've seen for so many of my clients, especially the clients who struggle with like binge eating and overeating at night they don't eat during the day. So they overeat at night. Right. And people like we're, we, people, again, this diet culture world of like, I'm on a diet. I haven't eaten all day. This is great. Like my calories are so low. It's like, no, it's actually not great. Cause you're going to your, your body's going to get those calories somehow. And it's probably going to be in the form of binge eating. Right. So it's like getting around 30 grams of protein at breakfast would be a massive thing for me. Number one, number two, Simply just no matter what goes into your mouth, I don't care if it's a fucking ice cube, put some protein powder on the ice cube, no matter what goes into your mouth, have some sort of protein. And like, what, so what I do with my, with my clients is when we start, I have them write me out a list of literally, I think, I think the number is like eight to 10 protein sources, right? So they have to write to me eight to 10 protein sources that they use or that, that, that they are going to use. Right. And I tell them, Hey, I expect to see these foods in your MyFitnessPal food log now because you've already taken the time to write this out to me. This obviously took time for you to think about and write down. So when you're going to get some food, look off this list and pick something off this list. I don't care what it is. It could be Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, tofu. It could be a protein shake, um, deli meat. I don't care what it is, but pick something off that list and then pick everything else. Pick your protein first. Like even like remembering myself growing up, like, I was so concerned with every single, like every single time I ate, the first thing I had to get down first was protein. I know like it had to be that whether it was oatmeal and I was going to throw a protein powder in it, whether it was chicken breast, whether it was going out to eat, you know, looking at the menu and seeing where is the protein source that I want to get. That was always the top of mind for me. So having protein every single time you eat and making that your priority and then let the, let the other stuff fall to that. Cause you're going to get the other stuff anyway. Like you, you, we are, we're going to get, whether it's rice or bread or potatoes or whatever the case may be, we don't, obviously we don't have a problem eating that stuff. The problem is protein. So if we can hit protein first, then from there, move on after that. So I think, you know, eating protein every single meal. And I think not being afraid to, I, I would say this again, it's hard, but finding ways to get protein sources that are easier for you. Right. So again, for example, 
let's say you don't like to cook dinner, don't have a lot of time to cook dinner, whatever, rotisserie chickens, man. Like those are the easiest sources of like protein that don't, you're not, you don't have to cook them. It's already cooked for you. It's super lean, not a lot of calories, right? So rotisserie chickens, Greek yogurts, tuna packets, beef jerky, protein shakes, like all these things I could go on and on and on, but finding protein sources that you know are going to be readily available and easy to grab and go for you, if, especially if you are busy, which I'm sure all of us in 2021 are busy, right? So I think doing that and then um, it, at lastly, I'll add as a last point, like you might have to spend some time, like you might have to spend some time cooking. Like for example, on Sundays and on about Wednesdays, I make sure I cook chicken, steak, and I have that for a few days. I've done that my entire life for the past nine years now, right? And it works because again, whether doing a podcast or doing work, whatever it is, like, I don't, honestly, I'm like lazy. I don't want to spend time cooking. Like I'm not doing it. Like I, I'm, I wouldn't do it. I know for a fact I wouldn't do it. And I understand why people don't want to do it. It takes time and so on and so forth. But if I know right now in my fridge, I got four things of steak I can go grab and just put in the microwave and be good to go. Well, perfect then. I don't have to spend time cooking. I'm just going to heat that bitch up and go and, 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 be, and be basically good to go. Right. So I think spending some time up front to, you know, whether you know that lunches are, are a big deal for you, like lunches are the one meal you struggle with. Cool. On Sunday, you know, make four lunches from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is, right? So like spending some time up front in cooking that, whether it's in a pressure cooker or an air fryer or an indoor grill or whatever it is, like spending some time. I know it, it takes time, obviously, so it's not a sexy answer, but that's what I'd say as well. So that's kind of like, again, I could keep going on and on, but those are my kind of like four things, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that was definitely a really good response. I, I like the, um, the front loading for the day thing. That's something I say as well. It's like try in your breakfast, it's, you know, try and get a solid amount of protein in there and that will definitely set you up for the rest of the day. And I also do find as well, as like you previously said, is that usually someone that goes from not having much protein to then, you know, making it more of a priority, I usually find that they do say, you know, it, it, they can feel what makes a difference in regard to their satiety levels. They feel a lot fuller, you know, they... they find they, they eat less you know overall which obviously results in less calories and you know it's a it's a it's a big win for everyone across the board i guess um was there anything else you want to tell about that I'm, I'm happy for you to keep going on or oh no no i'm good no i'm, I'm good man i'm all good um but otherwise yeah i think i'm i'm happy to you know this is it's been about 40 minutes already and that's more or less what i was aiming for but was there any other subjects that you had in mind that you wanted to mention perhaps you know maybe there was something else you wanted to expand on from earlier within the podcast that you no, no, I mean, i mean what, what, no I, th- I mean on my end i'm pretty good i just think that um you know i think the last like year or so has been really tough for people so i, th- I would say just as like a more so like an ending note like you know, I think a lot of times we get caught up in like, um, you know, I get a lot of people reaching out to me. It's like, man, like, you know, this happened or that happened. And like, I was doing so good that then this happened. And so I think the only thing for me would be just like, literally just never quit. <laughs> like that's, that's my biggest thing. Um, and I have so many clients, like I have, a, I have a client right now who she told me yesterday, she was like, um, I think I posted something on my story about one of my clients said to me, but she was like, the reason that I'm still here, like doing this and, you know, working to achieve my goals is because she was like, I know that like, you know, you're here for me. And like, I I know that, you know, um, I have somebody in my corner to help me not quit and so on and so forth. And so I think one of the biggest things for me is just like, no matter where you are and whether you're doing good, doing bad, whatever, like just don't fucking quit. Cause if you don't quit, you're going to achieve all your, it's, it's just, it's just a matter of, time and process right like if you don't quit and you keep working your goals are going to get achieved so that's that's kind of my my last two cents and like just don't 
just don't quit, man. No matter, you know, there's always a storm and the storm is going to pass and it's going to be, it's going to be a, a bright sunshine afterwards. Right. So just, just keep going through whatever you're going through. And eventually I promise you, no matter how long it takes, you're going to get there. So that would only be my, my two cents, man. Yeah, I agree with that. I have, Cause I, I have a lot of people that would tell me, you know, maybe they're just speaking about their journey so far and they'll be like, well, Leo, like I royally, you know, up or I messed up. And, um, and usually that, if it's someone from afar that I've not really worked with, they'll maybe say that, you know, that's what led them to quitting. And, us, and you know, all I always do is try and remind them that at the, end the, at the end of the day, the only way you can truly mess this up is if you do quit. So I agree with what you said. But otherwise, um, and I, I like that as a final note, but otherwise is there, you know, where can people find you, um, you know, on the back of this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I mean, I, I, I try to do a lot of things. Um, so I have my website where I write articles. And so um, ericrobertsfitness.com. So I, I, I enjoy writing articles. I just wrote one yesterday as well. Um, I've written an article almost every single week since like March of or since February of 2020. So I'm really, really proud about that. So if, um, articles for sure. Um, YouTube channel, probably just search like Eric Roberts Fitness um, podcast as well. I have a podcast, um, Eric Roberts Fitness podcast. Um, TikTok is going to be Eric Roberts Fitness and Instagram is Eric Roberts Fitness. So those five places, yeah. Okay. If anyone is listening to this on the back of maybe Eric Roberts, um, you can find me at Leo Alves PT, Alves got A-L-V-E-S um, on Instagram. And then my website is teamkeros.com, Keros spelled K-A-I-R-O-S. Um, teamcarers.com but otherwise I really enjoyed that and I appreciate you for coming on um, of course man. Yeah. see you around Derek thank you you got it man no